This is Indie Business Podcast, Season 3, Episode 11, Makers on Main Street. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and creative entrepreneurs build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. On this episode, I will introduce you to Cindy Jones of Sage Script and Colorado Aromatics in Longmont, Colorado. Cindy started her business 10 years ago on the heels of a career as a chemist and microbiologist. After serving as a medical writer while her children were very young, she began to see a need in the market for microbiology testing services for artisan cosmetic companies. She began offering that service and fast forward 10 years and today she manages a farm, a retail store, a busy wholesale business, and so much more as you'll hear in this episode. As you listen, make sure you internalize all of the little life nuggets Cindy shares. She's been quite intentional and methodical about the pace at which she has grown her business. As you'll hear, there's a lot to be said for the power of slow. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 35. I'll be right back with Cindy Jones of Sage Script and Colorado Aromatics in Longmont, Colorado. Hello there, Cindy Jones in Longmont, Colorado. How are you today? I'm great today, Donna Marie. How are you doing? I'm super. So excited to talk to you. Welcome to Makers on Main Street. Now you have two businesses. So let's just jump right in. You have Sage Script and you also have Colorado Aromatics. Tell us generally what both of those are so we can get started learning about your business. Okay, well, they're basically what I do is a farm-based cosmetic science. So I started with the name Sage Script Institute, oh, 10 years ago or so. I made that a business because I started doing microbiology testing for home crafters of skincare products. And at the same time, I was making skincare products and doing it more as a hobby. And then as that hobby grew and grew, I kind of separated the Sage Script Institute as my B2B part of the business from Colorado Aromatics, which is my B2C part of the business. So Colorado Aromatics basically is the name of our farm and the name of our farm to skin skincare line. It's also the name of your new retail store, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I thought I'd be consistent there with the name and hold it across all all the parameters. Oh, my goodness. That's so exciting. So walk us back 10 years, Cindy, and tell us how you got started in this field. Well, it's always hard to, to know exactly what the start was, but um, I was always kind of interested in pioneer crafts and had read some information about making soap, but... um. I didn't like it. It turned out terrible. And looking back, I remember I was using Crisco to make it with, and maybe that had a lot to do with how bad it came out. But um, I was just interested in herbs, especially, and always was a gardener and grew herbs. And I got involved in a lot of the Yahoo groups that were popular at that time and started learning how to make skincare products out of the herbs that I grew. 
And like I said, it was a hobby and I was doing it for my family and friends and doing a few craft fairs here and there. Um, and then being on those Yahoo groups made me realize some of the needs that home crafters had, such as microbiology testing. And so having my background in science, I have a degree in microbiology and a degree in biochemistry. Um, I realized I could do that. So I started um, developing my business more around ways that I could help other home crafters of skincare products. So now that microbiology testing has grown into a lot of consulting, so I do a lot of um, consulting, product development for other companies, um, some small-scale manufacturing for other companies, as well as making my own brand. So I guess it's just the more I did it, the more I liked it, and the more I really felt like I had um, an aptitude for it. So I think it's kind of a, I think it's a good niche for me to use my chemistry background to make these skincare products. And Cindy, your story does such an amazing job of illustrating the marriage of things that you like to do, things that you have been educated in, and things that you can make money at. Right, and right, I hope so. Yeah, so my background in, I have a PhD in biochemistry, and so I went the traditional route that people go, and I worked in a lab doing cancer research for several years. And I just, just didn't feel like it fit the lifestyle that I wanted to with my, fam my fam family. So I left that and I started doing medical writing. So I even, when I was doing medical writing, I geared that writing towards a lot of writing about herbs and even writing about skincare. So I wrote some pieces that were continuing education pieces for physicians on herbs to help prevent cancer. And I did a lot of patient education type of work. So, and then I started teaching anatomy and physiology part-time too. So I think all the things that I've in my past actually do, although at the time I might have felt like I was wandering aimlessly, they do lead to the path that I'm on now. Oh, thank you so much for mentioning that because so often when we're in the middle of it, we do feel like we're wandering aimlessly. And only when we've come through, as you just mentioned, 10 years or however many years it is for anyone's particular story, we can look back and see how the puzzle pieces actually fit together. But we have to train ourselves, right, to be in that messy sort of apparently disorganized state long enough to get there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I wonder, I'm just curious to know, when you, when you first started um, doing your SageScript Institute consulting and, and doing the testing, did you think you would have your own line and have a retail store one day? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's just, again, it just points out how, you know, move, you have continually reinvented yourself to accommodate the things that you like to do and to always make sure that whatever you're doing in business fits around your life. Right. That's important. Oh, I just love, I love that. So you have just recently opened Colorado Aromatics there in Longmont. And we want to make sure that everyone who visits that area has a chance to come to your store. So let's give them a little preview of what they're in store for when they get to your store. What does it look like? And how is it decorated? Take us there visually. Okay, well, I what I tried to decorate it as is... Um, to give it a mountain sort of feeling to it as a uniquely Colorado feeling. So, and actually after, after doing this and talking to a designer, I'm told that that design is called Alpine modern. Oh, so, 
I Googled a lot of pictures of Alpine Modern, but we have a, a wood floor and some wooden shelves in there. We have a beautiful looking bar that I bought that we use for the cash register stand. So it's wood and metal together. So I think it's kind of just a Colorado design. It's a nice warm feeling, I think. And besides my own brand of products in there, I brought in a few other things to to give it a nice feel too. So there's some candles in there and there's some, um, oh, some of those farmer's market hats and mm-hmm. baskets from South Africa. Oh, how wonderful. And, you know, I see pictures of you on social media um, you know, picking herbs and plants from your garden. And it's just so exciting. Do you have those sorts of things displayed in your store? We have lavender bouquets in the store that are for sale too. So those are in nice big buckets. I bet it smells good in there. And hiking books too. We have hiking books in there because I'm really trying to appeal to the Coloradan who likes to be outside and hike. Books and lavender. It sounds perfect. Um, and um, Alpine Modern, who knew, right? There's a name for everything these days. And if you have a google.com website, you can you can educate yourself. So Cindy, take us back. You said that you had no idea that you would ever open a store. And here you are within the last 12 months, you've opened a store. What happened? What What made you decide to do this? Was there something happening in your business that led you to believe that this was something that would work for you? Well, actually, yeah. And the decision was not primarily to open a store. The decision was that I needed more space for my manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So some of the consulting jobs and manufacturing jobs that I have, I just kind of ran out of space. I had been making everything in a large outbuilding that we have on our farm. And it worked well for several years. But as my business grew, that space to actually make the products seemed to get smaller and smaller. And it ended up that with all the ingredients that I had stored there, it was almost impossible to walk into the outbuilding that we have. So I knew I needed more space for manufacturing. So that was my goal, was to find a larger space for manufacturing. Um, And I thought, as long as I'm there doing the manufacturing, I might as well have a storefront. But um, so my decision, though, was not to go the high rent district in the retail area of town, but more the low rent district where I the space for manufacturing so we're not in an area where we get walk by traffic although we are in a space a very small shopping area there's a yoga studio studio next to us so we get customers from there and there's a craft store next to us so we get some customers from there too that's great so you have some some walk by traffic I, i love that your your whole business there seems to have such a cohesive theme um, that like consumers and, and, and also business owners who, who need the other things that you offer can sort of see over into the other side and, and maybe even cross over, right? Because I'm sure several business owners love your store and some consumers want to start a business in your field. So you can you can leverage those two one against the other, right? That's right, yeah. And people who want a product developed, it's, they want to see what I already have. Right, to- just to make sure that I do have the skill that I say I have. So, you know, your business model is so fascinating. I'm, I'm going to run through this and you tell me if I leave anything out. You have several streams of income flowing into your businesses. You have retail sales from the retail store. You have um, consulting services that you offer. You also make products that you 
um, can uh, sell in bulk for people who want to write by the bulk container of it and then sent it themselves. You also have, um, do you have wholesale business as well? Do people buy your products wholesale? Yes, we have a few wholesale accounts too. You have wholesale accounts too, and you do product testing, the microbiology testing. And I think you also teach classes because we've been sharing some of your classes from our Indie Business Network calendar out on social media. So that's six separate things that have evolved over time that allow you to not rely on one particular stream of income for your livelihood, right? And I'm sure I've missed some stuff too, right? What else? We sell some herbs and herb extracts that we make on the farm too. Wow. And you also, don't you do a tour of your farm? Didn't I see something about you could come every now and then you have a tour or people can come help you pick your lavender? Well, we have volunteers that we have on the farm. um, And the volunteers, I try not to have them do too hard of stuff, but they will come and help weed and help harvest herbs and then help process the herbs. So a lot of those people are um, people who are interested in herbalism and want to Mm -hmm. have with the herbs a lot of them are older people who used to garden a lot and now they might live in a town home and don't have access to the dirt anymore and they want to come out so they come out and volunteer sometimes but then this friday i've i'm publicizing a farm tour so i've had a lot of customers who just want to come out and see what the farm looks like so i thought periodically so this friday is our first farm tour so we're kind of excited about that and you know, that is that is so exciting. Um, so actually, this podcast is coming out two days before that. So we're going to make sure that we give people details about that in case they want to visit. It sounds like a wonderful, like an eco vacation. What's the closest airport? Like if someone really wants to do that, learn from you, you know, help you harvest and, and see the whole get it's just sounds like a wonderful way to spend three or four days. Oh, that would be great. Three or four days. Yeah, we're planning on <laughs> or two for the farm tour, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of beauty in in Colorado. It just sounds like such a destination location. So, Cindy, what, what resources did you use to uh, to start looking into starting a retail store? Because this is like, you know, as long as you've been in business, you're obviously a, you know, supremely intelligent businesswoman, but opening a retail store is a whole different animal. What, what did you do to prepare yourself? What are some resources that you can share with other people who would like to open a store too? Well, you're right that it's a completely different thing. And it's, you know, it's, I really, I love what I do. And I have to say that another thing that I really love about what I do is I love learning new things and every day there's something new to learn. So opening this retail store was a completely new thing to do. But I talked to several local business makers, business owners, and some local makers, too, that have their own store to find out how they're doing things. And then talking to realtors, talking to some of my customers about what they thought, the idea, what they thought about the idea, talking to my husband, of course, um, and then just all the resources that IBN has you know, listening to every podcast that I could that was by a maker who had a store. And, you know, I have to say, especially um, Kristen Frazier with the Grapeseed Company, you know, I got to know her through Personal Care Truth. So just the things that she had said about her opening her stores and her business were extremely helpful to me. Wonderful. It's um, Isn't it great that we live in a world today where this kind of information 
is so accessible to us, not just Googling it, but also picking up the phone and calling people or through networking organizations and other things that you mentioned, you can get so much insight that you just you just can't get off of a written page, you know? I don't know what it would have been like before the internet. Yeah, it, it's amazing to think what, what, what did people do? Um, I, I remember when I first opened my little retail store many years ago, I won't even tell how many, Um, it was so funny. One guy walked in my store one day and he said, you know, this is great. And all this stuff, he's buying stuff for his wife. And he said, you know, you should get a website. You should put this on the internet. And this is what I said to him. It's so hilarious when I think of it now. I said, well, why would I do that? People just come here. (laughs) So, so, um, so ignorant at the time. Um, and, And now, you know, of course, you know, that such backward thinking for today. So Cindy, what do you do to promote your business. And we're going to focus mainly on on your retail store, since that's our makers on Main Street series. But since you since you have to promote these two very separate business funnels, how do you do your marketing? What is most effective for you first for your retail store at Colorado Aromatics? And then secondly, for everything else that you do? Well, not that I'm successful at this, but We do farmer's markets, and farmer's markets in Boulder and Longmont are, they're very dynamic farmer's markets. So that gives us an opportunity every week to be in front of people. So my husband does the Longmont farmer's market Saturday, and I do the Boulder farmer's market twice a month. So we're constantly in front of people. We're talking about the the products, and we're talking about the store. So that brings people into the store. Um, networking locally i'm a member of the chamber of commerce so going to those networking groups helps spread the word about the store then there's the social media the facebook um twitter i do a newsletter so we have sign up for a newsletter at the farmer's market is where we get most of our sign up so i send out that newsletter probably once every three weeks so just a little bit more than once a month i send that out but a lot of it is is networking. Right now, I'm going to try a few more things, though. I'm having some of collaborating with some aromatherapists to do some classes here at the store. So maybe once a month or so, we'll have classes here on aromatherapy or a number of other topics just to get the name of the store out there. Um, oh, there's another really exciting collaboration that I've been involved with here in Longmont with the art gallery. The art gallery here has partnered well, they're calling it Farm Fresh, I guess, but they have paired farms with artists for a, a gallery show. So our farm was paired with two painters and a poet. So I'm just so excited about this. Last week, they had the, sh- the first showing of the artwork, and I was just amazed. And it was just so flattering to be part of the farm that inspired the artwork for it. And then this Friday, they're having a poetry reading. So we'll go to that since one of our artists was a poet. So, you know, just looking for local collaborations like that, I think is a good way to get the word out as well. That that sounds fantastic. Um, there's not a city in America I can think of that would not benefit from doing something like that. Well, and another thing that really I admire about it is so many, as they're, as they're growing, they tried to deny their agricultural heritage. But Longmont is embracing their agricultural heritage by doing this, 
this production. So I'm really excited. Oh, and it also gave, I've been wanting to do a demo for a farm to face demo. So at the art gallery, I was able to do a demo of a farm to face facial. So we brought a bunch of herbs with us and wisdom up in the blender and everybody put it on their face. The gallery director <laughs> was walking with the, the parsley facial on her face. So it was wonderful. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. The pictures must be incredibly funny to look at, too. What a great time. Thank you for sharing that. I hope it gives some of our listeners some ideas about, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a formal collaboration with a community. You can just find an artist in your area that you'd like to collaborate with in this way. If you have a complimentary business focus, you can figure it out and, and start doing things together. Just inviting people to your farm or inviting people to your store. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking about it all, all the time and being at the farmer's market actually allows us more opportunity, I think, to be in front of people like that, to always always be talking things up. So, Cindy, in, in opening your store, what kind of um, things did you do that you would caution others to try their best to avoid? <laughs> Um, well, you know, I, the space that I got, um, you know, it's a, I started small so that we could enlarge it as we go. So that was kind of a lucky, just the space that I found happened to be like that, where I could expand it as I go. So that's one thing to, to you know, to find something that's a low enough rent that you can afford it to figure out what what your means of marketing is, I guess, whether you're you're dependent on that walk by traffic that a lot of people are, or whether you're not dependent on that. Um, So I I guess um, making sure that you don't bite off too much more than you can chew. And have having those multiple streams of income so that if Mm -hmm. the store doesn't hit it off right away, you've got some other things to fall back on. You know, and this is so, so important, I think, particularly for makers and creative entrepreneurs, because we love what we do so much and we just want to do it all the time. And when we start out, sometimes it's sort of a head slap um, when when we get involved in business and we realize we can really only do what we love to do so much of the time. So we've got to spend so much more time marketing and selling it. So making sure that you have other things that fit in that help you generate income is, is such a smart thing to do. And, and let me ask you this too, Cindy, let's encourage people who are new here too, because you did not start off with multiple funnels of income coming into your business. This is something that evolved over time. So what, what would you say to someone who's listening and they're like, you know, I'm only selling this right now. And I just started six months ago. And what would you tell that person who's like, how will I ever get to the point where I can add more? What's your advice there? Well, my advice is to go slow. And I know different people have different philosophies about that. I know a lot of people around around here have a philosophy of, you know, you get a product, you try to find crowdfunding, you get into all the big stores and you grow immediately in a year. And for me, that's just not the right kind of philosophy. So I started off very slow. I was working my other jobs part-time while I was building my business And as it built more and more, I started cutting back on my part-time jobs until this became, well, more than a full-time job. Um, But yeah, to just go at it slow. Oh, you know, another thing that I have felt was really helpful was having employees. Because 
every time you have an employee, that's another voice out there for your business. And they're out there talking about your business, too. And they're bringing their friends to your business. And they're giving you a different perspective on your business, too. Let's so, talk a little bit about that. How many employees do you have? And what do they do? And how many years was it before you got your first one? Um, boy, I don't know how many years it was before I got my first one. Maybe five years. And my first employee was, I was really lucky. It was a free employee that was supplied by me, to me by the um, Boulder County Workforce. So it was a high school student who was, I really lucked out. She was an extremely bright girl. And she just started doing weighing things for me. So she would just come in a couple hours a week and weigh ingredients for me. And then I would finish making the product. Um, and then she would help on the farm doing weeding and stuff too. And I am so glad that that was provided for me for free because it was a risk-free thing for me and it made me realize how important it was to have employees. So since then I've had more and more, I, right now I have five employees that are all part-time and you know I like the idea of part-time employees because then if you lose one, you've got others for that. So I have um, several employees that weigh ingredients and make the products for me and then I have a, a employee that does more stuff and answers email and packs up order helps a little bit with the PR good and and this is so exciting to hear that just the small act well I know it's not small but it's seemingly small the small act of weighing ingredients just points out that when you have your first employee or helper whatever you want to call them it doesn't have to be something huge. It just has to be something that's easy to teach someone to duplicate and that has to be done, but it doesn't have to be done by you. And that right. can be anything in your business that takes a load off of you, not just physically, but also mentally. I mean, it for me, I know some of the things that I do, they aren't hard, but they just mentally drain me to have someone else be able to do those things as effectively as me or even more sometimes it's just so freeing of my brain my energy you know exactly yeah and it's hard sometimes to look for those things that can be repetitive enough to train somebody else to do but it's so important to do it is and it, it we can all find those things if we really look and I just remember when I hired my first person it was really more like the I didn't really analyze anything I was just like you know I'm going to bring this person in and we literally started off with her every day going, okay, what do I do? Because I just was so overwhelmed, I could barely even think myself. And that person actually helped me and this was many years ago, but she actually helped me, um, you know, define my business, because she kept asking me questions like, do you want me to do this? And how about I do this? I saw you do that. Should I do that? I mean, it just, it just turned out to be wonderful. She's no longer with me. But it can be that organic, right? Doesn't it's nice if you can have it all planned out in advance and all your steps and your planner. That's great. I didn't have that and it still worked for me. That's right. Just having somebody who's not as close to the business as you are from the outside looking in can be a great help. Such wise advice. Um, and your example is, is so great. So Cindy, tell us a little bit about what you are excited about as you look to the future of your retail store there. Well, I guess I'm just really excited about being more a part of the community. So I'd like to be able to use my store um, more to educate people 
to bring people in to have some classes here to take part in maybe some fundraisers that are important around town and just to support the community. Sounds great. And and the community sure sounds like it's supporting you as well. So Cindy, you're having, um, you know, so many great activities at your store coming up here. Tell us about the event that's taking place uh, this coming Friday. That would be, what's that date? August the 20th, 28th? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, Cindy, and then give us your address. So if we can come, if we're lucky, which I'm not, if we can come, we know where to find you. Donna Maria, you should come out. I should. One day you might see me there. So Friday we have our farm tour at 10 o'clock. So I've invited um, a lot of estheticians to come. I've invited a lot of our customers to come and just the general public to come. So we will just do an easy tour through the farm and I'll talk about the herbs that we grow and how we use some of the herbs in our skincare products. And then following the tour, um, our store will be open and our store is an eight minute drive from the farm. So it's easy for me to get there as well as customers. Um, And then I have an esthetician working here who by appointment will do a 20 minute facial for $20 on Friday afternoon for anybody who's interested. And that way you can try out all the products in a facial. And the, and are they using your products? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a whole nother area that we could talk about and we're out of time. Right. So that's another thing that we're, I want to start doing here is having these. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm going to run out of fingers soon as I count the income streams. This is great so so exciting so tell us the hours of the event oh, the event starts at 10 o'clock and goes till however long you want the address is 13651 north 115th street is my farm and then the store is 340 lashley street both in longmont and Cindy, if we want to connect with you because we have a business of our own and we need your testing services and your consulting advice, where do we go for that online? Well, for my products, you go to coloradoaromatics.com. For my consulting services, you go to sagescript.com. And for either, you can email info at sagescript.com. Excellent. Cindy, oh. What a great story you have to share. And, you know, there's a lot of depth here. And let me ask you one more question. Do you have any children? Did you have children, young children, while you were building this over the last 10 or so years? That's one thing I think why it did take long, because I had I have two boys. They're adults now, and the last one just moved out, and I'm heartbroken. Um, but they were always my first priority, and I kind of held back on the business a lot because I wanted to spend my Saturdays going to soccer games and doing things with my kids on the weekends and the evenings too. So I didn't dive head on into the business until they were high school age. I'm so glad I asked that question because so many of us as women, I know I have young children and they're a little older now, but certainly when I started my business, they were, um, they were breastfeeding. Actually, I only had one at the time. So I've sort of, you know, done the the slow roll as well. Um, But I, I like mentioning that because so many people have young children and they feel like oh my goodness I can never you know do all these things that she's doing and Cindy's example shows us that while you have your children very young you can be laying a foundation that's generating income it may not be you know as profitable as it could be years down the road but 
you're laying a solid foundation while your children are young so that when they when they're older and they can do more things for themselves you're able to then leverage that platform to grow whatever you want when you have the time and the energy and the headspace to do it right that's right yeah and always just keep thinking ahead as to what you want to do and make sure that the things you are doing are leading up to that and make priorities in your life and and go by those priorities and don't regret them you know whatever those priorities are that you choose just go with them and don't regret them all right everyone that's such great advice cindy not just business advice but life advice and we like to integrate those two together here on the indie business podcast thank you so much for joining us i want you guys to make sure you go to sagescript.com if you want some consulting advice and go to coloradoaromatics.com as well as the store we just gave you the address so you can check things out and you know what if you like to garden cindy's the place to go if you're not getting your green thumb itched enough already you can head out to longmont and help her she takes beautiful pictures with the lavender and so much fun to 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 thumb through those cindy thank you so much for sharing your insights and your experiences with us thank you this was fun all right have a good day we'll see you in longmont everyone Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Cindy Jones of Sage Script and Colorado Aromatics in Longmont, Colorado. And if you did, won't you show me some love on Twitter? Just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash love, and you can let your friends know that you enjoy the Indie Business Podcast. I really want to make it useful for you. And if I'm successful, please let me know by sharing. And you know, if I can improve this podcast in any way, do let me know. There's a contact link at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash contact, and you can share there what you'd like to see and how I can serve you better. I'll see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder and create the life you love.